Hiring the wrong executive costs you time and money. Leveraging work psychology, Spear Consulting helps you hire the right executive so you can focus on growing your business. For a free quote, visit spiritmco.com. Enjoy the show. So welcome to the Tips for Team Building podcast, where our mission is to inspire and propel others along in their leadership journeys. I'm your host, Jaden Smith, and so excited to welcome today's guest, Thomas Matthews, to the show. Uh, Thomas, first, just want to thank you for taking the time to join us today and to share your wisdom. Uh, For those who don't know you, Thomas, who are you? So uh, first of all, thank you, Jaden, for inviting me on the show and just, you know, taking some time to, to ask me some questions about my journey. Um, <clears throat> so who, who am I uh, outside of, you know, work title? I'm a son. Um, I'm, a, I'm a father. I'm a husband. Um, I'm a student. I think at times I'm a teacher, right? I'm, I'm a veteran, um, an Eagle Scout, and uh, I'm a brother, a friend. I think I, I wear a lot of hats and I, I think, uh, with the pandemic, I, I was able to cut my hair off and <laughs> it makes it even more easy to, to slap a hat on. So, um, no, really excited to, to kind of share my story. Um, professionally, though, I'm a regional operations director uh, with Eye Care Partners um, over uh, ophthalmology practices. And so um, really excited um, very early in this role. This is a newer transition. And so that that has been really cool because we, you know, we're talking about team building and you know, the best time to do that is right when you're, you're, you're creating those and building those relationships. And so, um, yeah, let's, let's get into it. Hopefully I answered that first question. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Wear, wear a lot of different hats and, you know, always like to point out, you know, just like our personal selves as well as our professional selves. I think that that plays such a role in who we are as a leader. Um, so you mentioned, you know, um, some of the titles that you've had and, you know, roles that you've, you've held. Um, can you tell us kind of how you've gotten into the leadership position you're now in today? Yeah, so <clears throat> I, I like to say that I guess my professional leadership journey started in the military. I don't know if I mentioned veteran on there, but um, uh, my my first role as a second lieutenant was really that first step uh, in that direction. I always like to tell a story. Uh, I think I may have been at my unit for two weeks uh, for it. Benning, Georgia. And around that time, we were, we were kind of in a training mode, getting ready to go to the National Training Center. And my my platoon was going out to do a, a live fire on, on mounted vehicles. And my commander, you know, I, I hadn't even met all my guys yet. My commander I came to him and said, hey, man, we got to go out, got to go out to the field, you know, grab, you, grab your bag. Let's go. Humvee's getting ready in the front. So, OK, all right. You know, I grab my stuff, get my gear on. We go out there and it's, I mean, it's great, right? It's just, it's always good to, to those ranges are always fun. You know, it, it, it's hot, but it's okay. Cause you, you got all your gear on. So you're expecting it to be hot, but you know, really, really good um, experience. <clears throat> and around the time he was grabbing his bag to get ready to leave, I, I kind of took the, the hint that I should be grabbing mine as well. And he was like, Oh, whoa, what, what are you doing? I said, Oh, I thought we were leaving. He said, yo, I'm leaving, but you're going you're gonna to stay here and get to know your team a little bit more. So um, outside of not having my toothbrush packed, because I just, my bag was not an overnight bag. Um, it was a great experience because I think it really 
took that first step toward the importance of relationships, um, the importance of really knowing the people that you you have been given the the privilege of of, of leading or, or or being able to to kind of help in their professional journey. And so, I, I really tapped into that opportunity and have carried that. And I think that next lesson in leadership. So that was like the first part of my military journey. I think the second portion was as I was transitioning out of the military. Um, I was a captain. I had uh, a company. I had company command, had about 120, 124 soldiers. Um, my background, however, was field artillery, and I was in charge of a logistical company. And so I think that next lesson was humility. And I think as leaders, sometimes you have to get out of the way and let the team, assuming we put the right people in place, right? We got to get out of the way and, and let that team do what they know best how to do. And so that really was... And I, I didn't struggle with that, right? I looked at it like I knew I was transitioning out of the military and I'm going to get put in a similar situation where I know why I'm here. And so that confidence is important. Um, but that humility of, and it's not to do your job. So let me get out of the way and figure out how I can empower you. We were successful. And I took that um, with me as I transitioned to DeVita, where, you know, now I'm, I'm coming from, you know, business background in college, um, military field artillery while I was while I was in the army and now I'm I'm working in dialysis which I had no experience didn't know anything about and you know asked a lot of questions um and figured out what they needed so took that time to really figure out what what do you need as an individual and as you know insert role or title um, and I think that started to build those relationships so when I would ask for certain things or say hey this is where we got to go the team would listen, the team would feel comfortable, but it would also know that it's coming from a place of, I want to support you. Um, I want to learn what you do because it, there's there's no small roles, right? Like never I ask someone, like, hey, what, what do you do? And they say, I'm just, I really try to stop the conversation there, right? There's, there's, there's no, I'm just, it's everyone is important. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be here, right? This role wouldn't have been created. And so taking that approach um, we could really align where the successes would be, kind of laying out what our goals were. And, you know, we moved from, you know, performing at a, a bottom quartile to a top quartile and an opportunity presented itself with Fresenius uh, Kidney Care for me to get closer to home as well um, in a director of operations role. Um, and, you know, that I jumped right on it, right? It was, it was a great opportunity. Um, I was able to move. I'm, I was in Des Moines, Iowa at the time. I'm originally from Georgia. And I got my Falcons Cup right here. And so while the role is or was in Tampa, it, you know, it, it put me in proximity to be closer to home, which is I think that's important or being close to family or family is important. And we talk about leadership and we may touch on that um, a little bit later on in the conversation. But what that did was allow me to, to get closer to home and really start that same that process over. Um, looking at who is my team, like what is the structure, um, what are their strengths, what are those things that I like to call them less than strengths, I don't necessarily like to call them weaknesses because we have to work around them, uh, and 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 how do I best fit in this equation of you know providing direction, providing support, removing barriers and obstacles, um, so that we can we can hit whatever goals we've been given, and was with Fresenius for uh, four years. And then there was a, you know, another great opportunity with iCare Partners in the Tampa market. 
um, as a regional operations director of ophthalmology. And so I, it's good because I transitioned from the military to dialysis. And so now dialysis to, to eye care. Uh, but again, just, just the, the great thing about the timing of this too, is that, you know, you, I get to implement those, those very critical early things um, again in building this team that um, I've, I've, I've had the privilege of, of working with now. Awesome. 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 And a lot to uh, unpack there. A lot of just goodness, Thomas. So appreciate you sharing that and, you know, appreciate, just want to point out and appreciate your service to the nation. Um, And, you know, also, you know, just thinking of like two kind of values or two kind of common themes that were, you know, um, present in kind of that leadership journey you, you shared, you know, was humility as a leader and uh, the importance of relationships. So I want to uh, kind of jump into relationships a little bit. And, you know, you kind of touched on how you, how you approach relationships and how you go about building those by, you know, being able to listen and being able to find out where people best fit and being able to, um, you know, kind of fit yourself in to provide support and value as a leader. Um, can you maybe tell the audience about a time where, where that didn't work, <laughs> where you, you struggled to build a relationship with a key stakeholder, kind of the situation and how you were able to overcome that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's, it's actually interesting. Um, in, at uh, Fresenius, in the very early stages of me coming on board, I had a pretty experienced manager on my team. And the, it, it's... I always like to go in and people give you feedback on this person's like this, this person's like that, but you, you have to formulate your opinions. Um, but if you've gotten that piece of information, you kind of want to hold on to it. Right. And so um, this was a leader on my team that, you know, was well-respected among her peers and had a lot of experience, but the feedback that I initially got was um, she could tend to push back, you know, be a little resistant to change. And at the time, the organization was going through a major change in how we would schedule and, and staff the clinics. And so in that initial conversation, because I did conversations with each one of my, of my managers, just kind of laying out expectations for me, but also the expectations that are the expectations that I had for them, but also the expectations that they, they had, they, they could have for me and if they wanted to set me on. I think it's really important to have that, that balance. Because if I go in and say, well, I expect this, this, and this, but then don't give them the opportunity to tell me what they expect uh, from me as their leader, then, then already there's a dynamic there where we're not, we're not working together, right? And so in those conversations, I, I, I love to be transparent. And I shared that feedback. And it's, and it's interesting because I think for me, I'm like, hey, this is good. I'm letting you know this is this is a perception that sometimes, you know, you're, you're resistant and you push back and immediately the facial expression changed and the wall started to be built. Right. Um, but what I but what I said in that to, you know, the, the other part of that statement was, but let's work together to change it. And I don't think it resonated Im- immediately. Um, well, I know for a fact it didn't. because. <laughs> about two or three months. And it's funny because when we, we actually had a, um, like a, like a going away, they had a going away dinner for me and she shared this story with the rest of the team about two or three months after that conversation, you know, I was, I was at the the clinic. We were, we were meeting on some, you know, a process that needed to improve. 
and she was kind of overworked, kind of burnt out, frustrated. And I think everything kind of came to a head then. And, you know, it was, it, it, there wasn't any like bad language, you know, going, she didn't, she didn't say anything bad, but she was just like, I'm, I'm walking out and she had her resignation in hand. And I was like, let's, let's, I'm, I'm not going to accept that right now. Let me know what, what the issue is. Because I think when that wall started to be built, I was no longer a safe space to bring the issue to. Um, and so I think by me trying to de-escalate it from there and say, hey, tell me what you need. What, what's, what's, what's going on here? What's the challenge? Because you're one of the strongest managers that we have. Um, so what's the challenge? And she started to share what some of the frustrations were. I think previously some of the guidance was, you know, kind of let's slow down on hiring if we don't have people to train those individuals. But that guidance had, had since changed. Um, but it hadn't necessarily been communicated that that change is there. So starting to hear what, what could I do to help take off your plate as I'm asking you to do more. I think that that was not what she expected. And I said, you know what, but I'm going to give you some time to vent. I gave her, I gave her a couple of weeks. Like, you know, I sent the emails, but I didn't do a check-in for a couple of weeks. She actually called me uh, the third week and she was like, um, Hey, did you forget about me? I'm like, no, I just wanted to make sure you were, you were, you were okay. And you had some, you had some time. She's like, I'm, I'm good now. Um, and, and from that moment, just the relationship completely improved. And, and, and she ended up being one of my strongest managers. But I think what I learned from that is you, you have to, just because I, I, I thought it was a great idea, right? And I, and I think it was successful, but there may have been a better way to approach it so early in that relationship. Because had she not been maybe so invested in the success of, you know, her career and her and, and the patients that she was taking care of, I might have lost a really good team member because I wasn't quite in tune with where is this person at and can they receive this information? Because I think we have to be ready. People have to be ready to receive certain feedback. And as leaders, we need to, you know, have a high enough EQ, right, to, to, to be able to tap into Maybe this is not the right time. Maybe this is a, a conversation that we can have later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So one thing that you kind of like hit on there was like when she was feeling overworked and needed additional support, you know, um, maybe at that point in time, maybe her performance wasn't where it needed to be, right? <laughs> and sometimes as leaders, you know, you always hear like the the phrase of, you know, the person's you know, they either need to be moved in another seat, like, are they in the right seat? But mm -hmm. also, like, should they be on the bus? So how right. do you how do you as a leader differentiate, like, whether a team member just needs additional support, they're in the wrong seat, or they simply just aren't a fit and need to be, you know, kicked off the bus? Yeah, so I, I kind of, I guess I could take a, a multi-tiered approach to that. And so I think the the first thing just happens early in that relationship. And, and, you know, you don't get everything from that first conversation, but you can ask the right questions and get a lot. And so just figuring out what are their goals? You know, what, what do you want to, what, a year from now, three years from now, where, where do you want to be? And how does that align with the organization's goals? Right. If I'm, if I'm speaking to a new manager and they're like, yeah, I want to be, director of operations or I want to go back to school and, and get my master's in nursing if, if they're an RN. Um, then it's it's saying, okay, these are the priorities of the organization. How do we make those things align with what your goal is? And so 
I, I think when you when you when you're if you take the time to do that, now you have a baseline of where that person is and where that person is trying to get to, and you have a path. If they're not following the path that they shared with you that they're on, then you have to start to look at are they on the right seat or are they on the right bus, right? Because maybe there's some some fine tuning that can happen, some coaching and some mentoring. Um, or aligning them with resources that'll get them to what they said was important. Or maybe there's a disconnect. Maybe they said what sounded good and it's not really what they want to do or even something that is really tapping into their strengths. And so I think those initial conversations to see, because people will tell you what they want, right? And even if they're, sometimes it's silent, you know, it's, 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 it's not what they're saying, but what they're not saying. And sometimes it's exactly what they're telling you. And so you can see because if what they're telling you does not align with what they're doing right there is a disconnect and you got to figure out is it because they don't know they don't know how to do it they need some more resources or they're not willing to put the work in or they just they just don't know what else to say and so they're just saying what they you, you know they think you want to hear uh, and i think as a leader if you can if, if you've set up those parameters so to say you can start to see okay this person's not really aligned um, we've provided the resources. We've, we've had the touch points. They're not doing the things that they said they were going to do. Um, and they're not doing the things that we've agreed that are the right things to do. And so they may need to move in a role that they're, you know, that's a better fit uh, for their strengths. Or maybe that role is outside the organization doing something else. But I think when you take that approach, it's a personal approach. But making those decisions where you have to remove someone from the organization it, it shouldn't, I always say, it shouldn't feel personal. I shouldn't be mad at you, right? Because there's decisions that you made that led to this. And that, and it's, I, it's not vindictive. It's not spiteful that, I, oh, I'm mad now, you got to go. It's, okay, this didn't work out. Let's, let's figure out what's, what's the best fit for you. Have you been feeling unfulfilled? You want to be happy, but just continue to struggle. One of the best ways to experience joy is by caring for the homeless. A charity I've grown to love, River of Light, food rescues a million meals per year for the needy in Chicago. Imagine how that make you feel, knowing that you're helping feed children and veterans. To make a tax-deductible donation, visit riveralightchicago.org. Again, riveralightchicago.org. No one should go to bed hungry. Yeah. So can you maybe share, um, you had <laughs> talked about like maybe getting them into a new role, whether that's inside or outside of the organization. Can you share a time of maybe when you did switch seats for someone, you know, move them into a new role and how it impacted them and impacted the organization? Yeah, I, um, <clears throat> I guess I'm the, a good example um, that I have, a recent example, uh, was with one of my um, dialysis uh, nurses and she was actually in the education role she she wasn't she she didn't work for me in that education role she supported me um, but I had some openings in a clinic manager uh, position I had two clinic manager positions opened on my team and she she really wanted the position and I didn't really feel like she was ready for it and I was very transparent in why I hadn't selected her but what I did, Let's say these are some areas that I think can get you there. These are, these are some things that I think there's some gaps in that if we can work on these, when that next opportunity presents itself, I think that we can absolutely put you in that, in that space where maybe it's a smaller clinic so that we can grow and see if that's, that's going to be a better fit. Because what she was 
the position and the location she was applying for, there wasn't a lot of room for her not to hit the ground running. Wasn't a lot of room for mistakes because it was a very well-established uh, facility. And I know I had some de novos coming up. Um, and it just so happened that she, I saw her doing those things. Um, I saw her kind of taking those extra, that extra time. It was actually during COVID. And so being in education, she hadn't worked on the floor a lot. And those were some skills that if you're in that fast-paced clinic or even in a new clinic, there's many times where they had to kind of just step out there and, and direct traffic from the steering wheel, um, not necessarily from the back saying, hey, I can see the whole field. It's like, I got to get my hands dirty. Um, and so she, I saw her do those things. I saw her take those opportunities, really take that advice to heart. And so when that um, that next position opened up, it it I felt like it was a, an opportunity to, to really give her a chance. However, it, it, it actually didn't work out that way. And so the next conversation three or four months down the line was, hey, you know what? These are the areas, again, like this is what you said you wanted to do, um, but these are some critical success or failure points that, that we're not hitting. We're, we're, not, we're not hitting them in a way that's going to make you successful. It's going to make sure that we're providing what we say we would for the patients. Um, and, and that doesn't align with this path that you say you want to be on. And I think at that point, it was just very, hey, let's, let's make this very uh, clear, not not subjective in any way. Like these are the things that you have to do, right? And you have to be honest with yourself whether or not that aligns with what you want to do in your career right now. And and ultimately, um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a good fit. And we we put her back into a role that didn't necessarily have um, as much responsibility around it, but still allowed that opportunity to continue to hone those skills. And so I think that that was more of a full circle, right? Because she wasn't on the team initially, but she expressed interest. I didn't think it was a fit for, for that particular opportunity, but hey, you know, did a little coaching, did a little mentoring, and she took that. And this is, this is very good, right? Because a lot of people don't always take that advice. When she took that advice and she took it positively, um, applied it to try to make it, um, you know, work for her. But in the end, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, from, from your end, really put in the time to kind of like try to mentor and develop and, and coach her into, you know, that position. And I think, you know, that's, that's so important. So want to kind of talk through, you know, sometimes like mentorship comes from, you know, the leaders within your organization. Sometimes it comes from peers. Sometimes it comes from people outside. And, you know, really wanting to make this podcast, you know, applicable to people who are, you know, on all, um, you know, at all stages of their leadership journey. And, and Thomas, you, you know, have just been wildly successful thus far in your career and think that you're just going to keep on, you know, crushing it. And that's probably not something that, you know, you haven't like learned all this wisdom yourself. Like this isn't something that's like, you know, just Thomas. And I'm sure that, that you've had some mentors, you know, in your career. Um, so just wanting to, you know, kind of just ask if you can share, you know, some of the mentors that you've had in your career and why you kind of would push people, um, you know, to seek out mentorship. Yeah, absolutely. So I've, I've had I had I've had a couple. Right. And I think some really stand out more um, more than others. And there's there's one I was actually speaking to somebody um, about him recently. Uh, his name was Justin Mufali. He was a major. I think he's probably a lieutenant colonel or colonel now in the Army. But what he did 
that I really appreciated because sometimes you don't know what you need, right? And I think a lot of times if you're, you know, earlier in your career, you really don't know what you need, right? You can't always see your gaps. You can't really see around the corner. Um, and I think a good mentor, and I've, and I've actually modeled what he did with me with a lot of the teams that I have uh, the privilege of working with is he did that, right? He, hey, what do you want to do? Where, where, where do you want to be? Um, and then he put me in those spaces that I wouldn't be able to get into by myself. Um, he, he, he gave me those opportunities to present you know, brigade level trainings and, and have FaceTime with our brigade commanders this is while I was in uh, Kuwait, actually. Um, but just really said, no, I need Thomas to do this. Yes, Thomas can do this. And just put me in those spaces. And I ended up doing, uh, you know, some, some really cool, some trainings for like the entire brigade. I uh, did, did some work with the Kuwaitis, but it was because he said, I know you can do it. Let's put you in that space and show other people that. Um, but to prepare, prepare me for that, and that was the other piece that I really was just like, wow, I haven't gotten this before. He was like, you know, you're doing a presentation, we're going to practice and we're going to critique and we're going to build off that. And we're going to make sure that when you're presenting yourself, you're presenting yourself in the best possible way. Because not only are people trying to, you know, they're going to judge you, right? They're trying to learn from you because the intent is that you're giving them something if you're standing in that space. And so let's make sure that there's no distractions. Um, that could that could cause that message to be lost. And I, I really appreciated just that time he took because he also, you know, we, we were, it was different, right? When you're, when you're in the military, it's a little bit different from the corporate world. Maybe you're not going to go and have lunch with someone or have dinner with someone and go work out. But he didn't necessarily have to do that, but he made sure that he put time into building the relationship so that the other stuff, I could trust him, right? And so that's, it's one of those things that I've taken with me. It's, hey, it, it, it's cliche, right? People don't care what you know, so they know that you care. But it's 100% true. If, 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 if you're in front of me, you know, de degrading me and making me feel worthless, everything you say may be true outside of those things. But I don't, I don't care because you said it to me and I've discredited everything from the point that you started to make me feel less than and so I think that it's really important not to even get there, right? It's build that person up, show them that, hey, I see there's some, there's some opportunity here, and they're really investing in their success. And of course, they have to want it, right? It's not just a, you don't just drive the train, like you have to want it. Um, but that, that, was, that was one that has always stuck with me, and I've, I've really taken a lot of those examples. Um, and then I think it's, 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 it's really... It's really um, telling when people, I think, see something in you that's similar or, you know, they can see a similar experience. And I remember when, my, when, I, when I first started uh, with Fresenius, um, I was at my first meeting and there was, there was a gentleman and, and just and being, being transparent, right, as an African-American, I don't always see someone else that looks like me in the room. Uh, and it happens that there was, a, there was a group vice president in the room uh, named Warren Johnson. Um, and he just, I think he, maybe he, he recognized that face of, I'm excited, but like, I don't really know what's going on. Cause this is the first, um, this is my first time with the team. Um, and really just, you know, he would check in with me. He would call me just, and he always thought he called at the right times to see how are things going? Um, you know, what can I do for you? Just calling the check in. And I, you know, I, I talked to Warren as much as possible. Right. Because I know I can gain so much. And so I think the other pieces, 
it's it's important to look around the room and it doesn't happen you know it can doesn't have to be someone who's the same race or the same sex or the same gender or whatever but someone who you can say hey i i see that i, I recognize that face because we all got that face of this is new it's exciting but i don't really know um we all have that the apprehension we all have that excitement because sometimes you can step into a new role and just be ready to do too much um but i think it's important as leaders to be able to recognize that and tap in because that person may not come and ask you for that mentorship um, because there's been people that I've asked to be mentors. And when I really needed that advice, I wasn't able to get it from them. And then, you know, it just, maybe it wasn't convenient at the time. Um, maybe it, it, it wasn't something they wanted to do, right? I, they didn't really want to be a mentor right now. They had a lot going on. I think that's okay. But I think it's important as leaders to recognize that, especially as you progress, right? Cause I don't think I'm, you know, at the peak of my career, hopefully, but there's there's going to be a time where someone really needs that from me, and I need to be aware enough to say, "Hey, how are things going? Let me do that check in with this person that's not directly on my team, but within the organization at my left and right limits, and can and can really benefit from just an encouraging word or someone saying, "Hey, run that, run. Let me let me hear what you think about it." Yeah, I love that, and just kind of thinking of some of the, you know, in my you know, career thus far of like some of the mentors that, that I've had. And I think, I think that it's always such a thing that like, you know, like obviously being the one, the mentee, the one who's receiving the mentorship, like a huge value add. So if people don't like, if you don't have a mentor, if you're listening in, I don't care if you're, you know, a brand new leader, you're someone trying to get into leadership or you've been in it for 20 years. Like we can all mm-hmm. learn from each other. And, you know, that's kind of the, the, um, you know, the whole mission of this podcast, but, you know, also thinking is like the mentee, because although, yeah, I'm definitely not, you know, my pinnacle or have as much experience as others. I mean, I just think of some of the, you know, some of the people that, you know, I have been able to mentor and help, you know, lead into positions that they maybe never thought that they would reach. And, you know, it's something that definitely like gratifying, fulfilling, and a huge value add on both sides. Right. So I think that sometimes people are like, I don't have the time or I can't do this, but like not to get into mentorship for self gratification, because I think that's the wrong reason to, you know, (laughs) seek out being a mentor, but having that as like, you know, a side effect is definitely not a bad thing. Um, And I think it's something that, you know, just kind of sticks with me when, when thinking about that. Absolutely. And, 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 and two things, too. So so the, the, the one thing I was thinking is to, to, to the to the first point of kind of seeking a mentor. I have a, I have one of my best friends. Um, he does a really good job of just, I guess you call it cold call marketing for mentors. <laughs> so if there's a space that he's interested in, he'll send off 50 notes on LinkedIn. And it's and it's really helped him out. Like he's 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 built some really good relationships because maybe 48 don't reply, you know, and then one replies, but doesn't really have the time. And you got that <laughs> one that's like, yeah, absolutely. Give me your number. Let's, let's have a call. And he's, he's told me about this multiple times. Uh, and I'm just like, man, that's, that's awesome. I think I, I've, I've actually not done that per se. I, I think when I was transitioning out of the military, maybe a, a little bit, um, but I've actually told people to do that because he shared that with me. 
and they've found success in it. So I think that's that's a really, you know, with, with something like LinkedIn where you can see this person has a path I want to follow. Let me reach out. Maybe they'll answer. Maybe they won't. But if they do, I mean, how awesome is that that you actually have someone who says, I see your path and I can show you how I got here. Um, and so, yeah, that, I think that's 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 really awesome. I, I had another one. I had, I had something else to, <laughs> to the point that you made, but it slipped my mind. So we'll, we'll, we'll let that go. Okay, we'll come back to it if you uh, if you need to just throw your arm up and we'll go back to it. But yeah, I mean, I think to that point, I mean, you don't you don't need fifty mentors. I mean, great if if fifty people respond, that's that's awesome. But just putting in a little bit of effort, and you might get one or two connections out of it. Um, yeah. oh, you know, it's just such yeah. a huge value add. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> so um, I think the other part too, right? Because. I think you, you, you're right, right? You, you don't want a mentor for the sake of, because I think some people do that. And I think I, one of those mentors that I had that didn't necessarily show up when, when, when I was looking for them to, I think that might have been like, you know, they, they kind of saw themselves in their role and said, this is what I need to be doing. Um, but maybe it wasn't necessarily what they wanted to be doing. But I think that there's also an opportunity to learn, right? Because I think depending on how far you're removed from that person that you're mentoring, they're going to have some insight that you either you had it and you lost it or it's changed so much that now you're you're closer to, you know, a level that you don't operate at that that now you can you can learn something from them. Right. I think if you have a mentor mentee relationship and it's one sided in any direction, it's usually it's, it's up. Right. You, the person is, is asking for and receiving. But I think if you know, the mentor doesn't take an opportunity to just tap into what this person's perspective is, you know, it's, 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 it's not really getting the full value of the relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that just kind of like resonates of like thinking, you know, like there are so many industries and so many, like you see so many times where people get to a level and they're so far removed from what's happening on like the ground floor. And, you know, by being able to serve as a, as a mentor, not only do you get that like self gratification and, you know, being able to help and see the successes of somebody else, but like, it also helps you make better informed decisions and, you know, like, like perform your job better because it's easy when you're, you're up here, you know, to, Mm -hmm. to make a decision that you don't know the impact it's going to have down Mm -hmm. here. So even being able to like have those types of conversations, like I'm thinking about doing X, Y, and Z, how do you think that would affect, you know, you and your role? Um, I think that that's a very, very good point there. So thanks for sharing that, Thomas. So in kind of thinking about that, I mean, I think that that helps that would help that mentor in that situation, like continue to develop and grow themselves as a leader. What are some other strategies that you have taken, Thomas, you know, to continue to develop, grow and polish yourself as a leader? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> it, it's, it's funny. I don't know if I should say it. I always say, I always say I don't like school, <laughs> but, I, but I love learning. And it doesn't make a lot of sense because I'm, I'm working on, my second master's now, <laughs> but I, I love to learn. I don't think you need a master's. I don't think you need certificates. I think where we are now, just in 2022, you got LinkedIn learning. You, you have, you know, you, you have, there's so much access we have to information. And so I think if what you're doing is important, 
You know, if, 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 if you value how you show up, um, if it's important to you, the impact you have on the people that you work with for, you know, I work in healthcare, so patients that you're taking care of, if that's important to you, I think you have to take charge of making sure you have all the information available. And so for me personally, I, I have a lot of different avenues of, of ensuring that I'm meeting those things I just said. And so I think the first thing is I, I'll go to school. You know, I was blessed to, to have the GI Bill. And so I was able to get my, my, my initial undergrad education at South Carolina State University. Uh, I got my, my bachelor's in marketing. I got an ROTC scholarship. Um, went into the military, got the, the GI Bill, paid for my, my MBA from University of South Florida. Uh, and, and currently, I'm, I'm, I graduate in May of, of 2023, um, the, a master's in healthcare leadership from Brown University and haven't had to pay, pay for any of them, uh, thanks to, to that time in the military. But, you know, that was something that I knew I had no excuse. A lot of times it's the cost, right? And so, but it wasn't the cost. So me not taking advantage of the opportunity to get that formal education would have not made a lot of sense. So I think one, the first thing you can do is there's formal education. Um, there's a lot of certifications that you can get to really streamline your approach and be a, and become an expert, right? Because masters, they give you a, a, a wide understanding, but those certifications, they give you those expert skills sometimes that really makes you a value and an asset to an organization. So those are the, some of the more formal approaches. Um, I think informally though, you, you can't, you, you can't miss the opportunity for that informal education, right? And that's, that's books. And some of those books are, I think I got the zombie fighter guy back there, but, um, you know, books. I love, I love the, the flip through, you know, you got podcasts, right? Um, as a way to just make yourself more informed about the things that are important to you. And then you have your peers. You have your professionals, um, your professional um, associates, and then you have your friends. I, I've been blessed. Uh, my two best friends, we, we we went to South Carolina State together, went to the military because we all met in ROTC, actually all worked at DeVita at one point, um, in part worked, two of us worked at Fresenius, um, and now we're, we're kind of spread out, um, but I'm in eye care and, and one of the guys is in eye care too. And so that is just like, I mean, it's not like a normal path, but it's normal for us, right? And so, you know, saying, hey, what do you think about this? And, and really having someone that you can, you can talk to and, and kind of, you know, throw ideas um, back and forth on different things that you may be dealing with, that makes you, again, more proficient, more skilled in what you're doing. And then in, inside your organization, you know, kind of going back to that humility. I've, I've been blessed to, to be in the healthcare space and help people, but that wasn't my initial background. I've worked with people who, you know, had a clinical background. Never hesitated to say, hey, I don't understand this. Can you explain it to me? Because if I'm, if, if my ego doesn't allow me to ask, it's not Thomas that looks bad. It's the patient that feels the impact. It's the team that's taking care of the patient that can't do their job effectively because I'm telling them to do something that doesn't make sense clinically. And so I think that you, you, you absolutely, if you, if you have the opportunity, formal education is great. You know, whether it's schools, whether it's certifications, whether it's just a weekend training, that's really important, you know, take the opportunity. Um, but informal education is probably more important because it's, it's, it's so accessible. 
you got podcasts, you have audio books. If you, I drive a lot. Audio books are my favorite. I'll buy the book and then get the audio book and then say, yeah, I read that. <laughs> I don't know if that's cheap or not, but um, <laughs> there's just, there's so much available. Um, and then there's those relationships, relationship learning, right? Call the person you know, hey, because that may be a friendship that's built because you said, hey, I don't really understand this. Can you explain it? And now it's a safe place. You've empowered that person to be able to help you. And, you know, there's motivation when you help people, right? So now it's a safe space for you to reach out. And I, and I know I'm long-winded half the time, but um, one of the relationships, that, one of the really good relationships I formed um, at Fresenius was with one of the directors who was an RN by background. And initially it was kind of one-sided. I would go and, and, hey, teach me about this. I want to understand this better. And she'd set out 30 minutes to an hour. And I think because I didn't come... I came very open to learn when she had something that I could help with. She started to call me and we just became thought partners in a lot of things that we would, we would have to deal with. Um, and I, and I actually was, I noticed that when it shifted, it was like, it's not one side anymore. There's value in this relationship. And had I not maybe raised my hand and said, Hey, I don't understand this. You're doing this really well. That might not have happened. So relationships, formal education and informal education. Yeah, and we're back to those uh, those values of humility and relationships, and I, I just think that that's so so incredible. I mean, I think that you know I could speak to the value you know also made. I know that you and I were having a prep session for this podcast, and I was like, "Hey, Thomas, like I just need to rack your brain on something real quick. Like, can we talk about this?" And just yeah. like being able to bounce ideas off people that, um, you know, not necessarily even that mentor-mentee relationship, but just those people you call friends and colleagues yeah. as well. Absolutely. It's just so, 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 uh, you know, great. So, uh, Thomas, we've had so much great conversation mm-hmm. here and so much, you know, fruitful, um, you know, information for our uh, audience. If anybody in the audience today is inspired uh, by your leadership journey, your approach, or, you know, wants to, you know, build those types of relationships and networking, um, you know, to help them grow and develop as a leader. How can they, how can they reach out to you? Yeah. Um, LinkedIn messenger. I, I'll answer it. Uh, I, I'm not great at my personal email. <laughs> so no one wants to go there. That, that place is you, you'll never get out alive, but um, <laughs> um, definitely LinkedIn messenger. Uh, I try to be super responsive. You know, sometimes you get people who are offering to sell something that I have no way to, <laughs> how, but I even try to respond like, Hey, no, thank you. Um, but absolutely. I would, I would love to share little information that I have. Um, I definitely don't know it all. I could very well tell you something wrong, but <laughs> I'm, I'm available there. I, I mean, that's the best way to really to, to get in touch. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll include your LinkedIn uh, profile in the show notes so that anybody can, you know, access that pretty easily. Uh, Thomas, just want to say thanks again so much for serving as a guest on the podcast today, uh, where our mission is to inspire and propel others along on their leadership journeys. Really enjoyed just the opportunity to reconnect with you um, and share your wisdom with our audience. So thank you so much, Thomas, and can't wait to see how this inspires others. Jaden, thank you. I, I hope, I hope, I hope it inspires. Um, and if not, I hope you edit those parts out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Tips for Team Building podcast, where we propel others along in their leadership journeys. If you enjoyed the show, would you please subscribe and leave a review wherever you listened? 
You can also visit www.spiritmco.com to find out more about how Spirit Consulting inspires virtuous leadership. We'll see you next time.